0: Acts chapter 19 verse 1 and 3 While Paul was at Corinth <clears throat> Paul took the road to the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" They answered, "No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit." So Paul asked, "Then what baptism did you receive?" "John's baptism," they replied. Lord, I thank you. I bless your name. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move into the lives, into the hearts of your hearers here today, that you would touch lives and even now begin to heal bodies, heal minds, emotions. God, you're able to do anything you desire. You created the heavens and the earth. And, Lord, you have given us that same power, I asked that it would move today in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. So here we have 12 men. We know they, and they loved God. The writer of the book of Acts says they were disciples, but they did not understand the Holy Spirit. So the problem I described earlier is not a new problem. It's an ongoing problem in, in, in the Christian, Christian walk. Right? So the implication is that there are people today that may know God. They could be church members. They could even be called disciples, but they're unaware of their need of the Holy Spirit, just like Apollos. Now, if you look at the life of Apollos, he was an orator of the word. word. Very eloquent in his speech. He was a very educated man. Right? And, and he had an encounter, but he only went to John the Baptist. So and that John the Baptist is a very, uh, those, the, that type of, uh, of theology, if you will, of way of walking, tends to be very intellectual. Uh, they like to, to think, they like to study the Word, and, and they get into that. And there's a group, even today, that there's a group that does it. They get into really study. In fact, you can see that when I talked about the earlier ministries. Victor Aris is more, more um, evangelical. Then when Chuck Smith, they're more into the word, they study word by word, and their are preaching different, different mindsets, different tr- teachings. Well, here's Apollos, and he had that type of mind set. This reality is so evident during Paul's time that Luke felt the need to, to chronicle this unfortunate reality in order to bring his light. When I say unfortunate, you can still remain safe. You can still walk with the Lord, but, but you won't have power. There's a difference. And everybody gets to choose. You get to choose your, your medicine, right? And you won't have. And the thing is, in a ministry like ours, believe me, when you come across a demon, they, they're not gonna care how much Hebrew or Greek you know, they're not gonna care if you can break down any kind of the the doctrine of man, the doctrine of God, the doctrine, they're not going to care about any of that, whether you speak in in, uh, Spanish, English, they they don't care anything about that. They want to know power. Like the son of Sceva, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And the, the enemy began to Pants them, took their clothes off, and made them run away naked because they, could thought, they thought they could come to them with no power. Yeah. See, the only way for you to be open to the touch of the Holy Spirit now on the other side is you have to gain an understanding of who He is. It's not an it. It's not a, it's not a, a feeling. The Holy Spirit is a person. What I find interesting is how God used a medical doctor to reveal the spiritual dynamic. See, Luke is called a physician, and as any physician, people get into be, become a doctor. They are very compassionate and warm. You know, you don't you don't become a doctor if, if you hate people. You you love people. You care about people, and you want to work with them. So their their nature is a little different than any other person. So from the viewpoint of a family doctor, and that is what Luke was. He's writing this book, the first, his first book, he documents the, the humanity of Jesus, he, the birth and everything. So he's looking at Jesus from a, a, doc, a, a medical doctor's point of view, and he writes the Gospel of Luke because he had to prove something or he was actually under, under commission. So Luke emphasizes three points concerning Jesus, his ans- ancestry, where he came from, His birth, how he was born, and his early life. How as a child he did so many great things that were mind-boggling, that that was beyond his age. Now in Acts, which I call the second book of Luke, he focuses on the power that Jesus gave to us. He he chronicles different Acts, and in Acts 1, verse 1, it's all turned there. He's writing to a man by the name of Theophilus, and he says, Dear Theophilus, in my first book, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he ascended to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instruction from the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to apostles from time to time and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, on these occasions, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Again, here's the medical doctor chronicling that after he was crucified for 40 days, he walked there and he was alive. He began to talk to people. So he's writing Theophilus. Now, Theophilus was a very wealthy man who lived in that area, and he was, he was interested about who is this guy, Jesus. He wasn't saved at the time, but he had an honest, sincere curiosity to find out who he was. Not only did he have a a sincere curiosity, he had the money to find out. So he hired Luke, the physician, I need you to investigate this. So he actually paid Luke to go out there and figure this out. A Christian to whom Luke dedicated the gospel of, of Luke and the book of Acts to was Theophilus. Theophilus means... Lover of God, Theo, God, Phyllis, where you get Phileo, Philadelphia, lover of God. So his name, his name is lover of God. So the lover of God said, I need to find out more about God. Are there any lovers of God here today? See, a lover of God has a sincere curiosity, not a a nefarious curiosity trying to disprove or trying to get their way. See, the didn't want to get his way. He really wanted to know, who is this guy? Hmm? So the fact that Luke spoke of Theophilus as most excellent indicates that not only was he wealthy, he was a prominent man of high rank and possibly a Roman. This is Luke's second book. He mentions that he told this story in the first book until Jesus gave the Great Commission and ascended to heaven. During this time, Jesus gave, now this is very important to understand, during this time, while Jesus was on earth, he gave understanding of the scriptures. Nobody understood. And when I say scriptures, I'm talking about uh, the Bible that Jesus used. The Bible that Jesus used, you all have it in your in your lap or on your phone. We call that the Old Testament. But the Old Testament is the Bible that Jesus used. So Some people say, oh, well, the Old Testament is not relevant anymore. We're in the New Testament. Shut up. The Old Testament is Jesus' Bible. It is relevant today as it, as it was then. Do you think Jesus would use a Bible that was not relevant, would lose relevancy? Are you kidding me? That's how people get out of certain things that the, the Old Testament tells us to do because say, well, that's, that's not for us. Yes, it is. The entire Bible is for us. Hmm? So during this time, what happened, the only people who would really understand, Jesus would take them aside and begin to explain to them the scriptures, and they would gain understanding. Oh, now I got it. And you'll see, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but i I'll get to it in a little bit. What many feel, again, that Jesus wasn't telling them anything new. So he's given them understanding, they're learning, and Luke is trying to tell Theophilus about the the power of the Holy Spirit because this to this man and to Theophilus and to those people there was a new concept to them. What is this power of the Holy Spirit? It's not that it was new. It had always been there, but man had a way to drift away from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is beyond our understanding. See, we can understand the life of Jesus. We can chronicle it. We can talk about it. We can think about it. Right? We can even, to an extent, understand God within the pages of of the Bible. But the Holy Spirit works outside of the pages of the Bible. And so it's not not easily comprehended. So people tend to drift away from that because it's too deep. It's too heavy. It's too spooky. The kukui. The boogeyman. We don't want to deal with that. So He's trying to tell them about the Holy Spirit. But what many fail to realize is Jesus Jesus wasn't wasn't telling them anything new. And Luke wasn't chronicling anything new. If you go back to Joel, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it reads like this: In the Old Testament, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will have, will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my Spirit in those days." So Joel, hundreds of years before Jesus came to the scene, was talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And you'll see throughout Scripture when the, the, when the Jews were following God, it says they would follow God at night and they would see a flame, but in the daytime there would be a cloud. So as the cloud moved, they would follow him. Why? It was a picture of how we're supposed to keep our eye on God as he moves in a flame or a cloud. The problem is the enemy works overtime to take your eyes off the Holy Spirit hmm? and begin to uh, uh, have Scripture wars. On scripture because men can interpret the word of God any way they want to so he takes your eyes so you can have scripture wars and so that's why many times God if you look at history when 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 God moved and he would leave areas like he began in, in in Jerusalem they weren't paying attention so he moved to Istanbul modern-day Istanbul, and they weren't paying attention. Then he moved from there, and he moved to Rome. Now, Christians remained, but the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost would always move, very unique to the Christian faith. It would move to Rome, then eventually left Rome, went, went to Europe, actually went to Germany, then left Germany, went to Ireland, different places, and it began to move finally it moved to the United States. and In 1914, we had this great revival in the United States. But see, the Holy Spirit always moves. But people are so caught up and over fighting over who's right and wrong, God ain't got time for that. He moves to where people are open and receptive to Him. Right now, all scholars throughout academia have concluded that the Holy Spirit is leaving the United States. And is going to three major places in the world. Africa, Latin America, and Asia. And it's not that he wants to leave. It's because Americans are so focused on their toaster and their curtains, they're not paying attention to where God's at. They're so concerned with their new car versus their old car. They're 45-inch and they're 55-inch. God said, you go ahead and play with that. I'm going to find people are open to the move of the Holy Ghost. Now, it doesn't have to remain that way. But if we're not careful, Vic, you're we'll lose. Why do you think this pastor always goes to Asia? Why? So I can get some of that and bring it back to you. Come on, come on. This, is, this is what's happening. I'm not just going out there for a vacation. Believe it. you come with me. It's, it's a lot of hard work. martin has been there with me. We're, we're out to hit in the streets, but we're catching God's heart, and we're bringing his heart to us. That's why Pastor Sonny always says, hey, don't, don't just focus on your little church at home. You need to focus on the world because God is concerned about the world, not just our church. And as long as we stay like that, we will always be in contact with the power of God. Hmm? And Luke reminds Theo, I'll call him Theo, of the instructions given of the promise. Then he tells them in Acts 1, verse 4 and 5. He says, in one of these meetings, as he was eating a meal with them, he told them, do not leave Jerusalem till the Father sends you what he promised. Remember, I have told you about this before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized. At this moment, Jesus has given the most profound truth they will ever hear. Now think about this is like, I mean, the heaviest, deepest thing. If we're in conversation, it's like it would be like this, almost like okay. Say, say you're a woman and you're pregnant and you're and you're married and you're and you're sitting down and nobody knows but you, right? And you're getting ready, you get your honey bunny, your, your husband, honey, I got a secret. You know how you feel, ladies, when you're like, whoa, okay, you're gonna tell them. And you say, I'm pregnant, and your husband goes, "What's for dinner?" Is there, uh, uh, let's go. Let's go to McDonald's get a hamburger. How would you feel after you after you slapped him, hit him with the plate, and he fell and came off the ground, and, you picked, and he came back up? You you'd be like, "I just told you uh, something very important, and and you blew me off, huh? You, like you're blowing your nose. You didn't hear me, right? Wouldn't that be awful? Well, Jesus is the same." There, that you're gonna go here, baptize Jesus. John baptized you with water, but in a few days you're gonna get baptized with the Holy Spirit. You would think they can be all excited? Now look for, look at verse 6. They said, When the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, are you going to free Israel now or restore the kingdom? So he just told them, I'm gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And they go, Are you gonna restore the kingdom now? Or, or, or how are you gonna do? It? They, they they didn't they didn't really care about the Holy Spirit. All they cared about being in power. Power. We want to be in control now. We've been under these, these Romans for so long. We want to be in power. I want the power. I want the Jews. Right? Verse 7, the Father sets those days, he replied, and they are not for you to know. It just blew right past the fact that God said, Jesus said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It seems like God wants us to be more aware of the Holy Spirit, but we have so many things that seem so important. Right? The apostles missed it. Today, some of you will miss it. Jesus speaks of power, and they want a revolution. He's talking about power, the same power that created the heavens and the earth. Right? And you guys are thinking about lunch. The power that can set you free. And deliver your family. And you got an important meeting to go to after this. The power! See, these apostles will just let it go right by them. See, sharing your need to be filled by the Holy Spirit is difficult. I'm talking for me. Sharing your need. When I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I know what's delivered me. I know what set me free. But sharing that need to be filled with the Holy Spirit is difficult because, it, like I said earlier, it, to some it does not make any sense. We're talking about laying hands. Laying hands? What are you talking about laying hands? Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues? What is speaking in tongues? Power to heal the sick. All these things seem so distant to reach. Verse 8 of Acts 1 reads, But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the world. Now, notice the thing to take note here. You see, before being sent, he gives them power. He says, "You're going to get power. Then you'll do this." See, people say, "How do you know if I'm, I'm filled with the power?" It's very simple. It's very simple. When somebody is filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, they follow the Scripture to the T. Don't have to be convinced. I don't have to preach up here to try to make you feel guilty. Because I'm not trying to do that. They, they just know. Why? Because when something ge- go, that powerful gets in you, it cannot be contained. Yeah. Hmm? He says, when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will. Now, you will is a legal term. It's almost like saying, thou shalt. When you see you will, thou shalt in a legal document, I mean, this is, this is it. This is a law. There's no ambiguity. There's no if I feel like it. It says you will do certain things. If you don't, then what happened with the previous sentence doesn't apply to you. He says when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere. No. No. It's not. You will study the scriptures, become a Ph.D., and tell everybody how smart you are. Seminary and education, Bible knowledge has ruined more believers than anything else. The devil ain't got nothing on an over-educated believer. Ooh, got real quiet on that one. Uh-uh. He said, when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you will tell Jesus, not all this other stuff. Weak Man creates these things. Man deduces and devises because they have a need to try to fill their brain and feel good about themselves. God doesn't care if you feel good about yourself, He cares if you, you will do this. Period. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall. You'll receive power and will tell people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, he names three locations which are representative areas. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, actually four, and to the ends of the earth. That's another reason why I can't control myself. Every time somebody from another country, another state, another continent comes up to me and says, hey, you need to come, that's what I do. You're right. Because the Bible says, I will tell everybody, anybody, about Jesus in Jerusalem. Jerusalem represents here, locally. In Judea, represents regionally, throughout Colorado. Uh, Samaria represents the United States, and to the ends of the earth. So when I get these invitations, i got to go. Why? Because the Bible says I have to go. And because I am positive, confident, that I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, if somebody says, I want to... But I ain't got no money. You don't got no Holy Ghost. You've been filled with lemon juice. Money is not an obstacle when, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Because either you are filled or you're not. Because God, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit and this God, money's not an object. We make it an object. We make it an object. See, what what is the the the, the, the currency of a Christian is not money. The currency of a Christian is faith. So when you're operating by faith, now you're using the right currency. Faith supersedes finances. But when you're not operating by faith, finances supersede faith. Power. Uh Uh-oh. See, make no mistake, we must be proficient locally before we extend ourselves outwardly. Power. Acts, let's read that, 19, verse 1 through 3. Here's the question. Very important question. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We had not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism. So the question here, really for everybody, for all of us, did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you believed. It's because it's clear, you can believe. You can be a disciple and not have the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, many people are okay with that, I guess. Hmm? Most people come to church and are ushered into John's baptism while neglecting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And often, I'm saying this to the, to the uh, shame of the church. So when people come in and say you never knew anything about it, if, if they don't tell you about it. It's not your fault. This is what you learned. I, that's, all, that's all I knew. Nobody even talked about this. We just came to church, and we're glad to be in church, and we're happy about our family, and, our, and, and, and we're good. We just came to church, Right? See, they're ushered into John's baptism. What is that? That is a sign of repentance. In other words, like John the Baptist said, you're going to live a better life. You come out. Repent. In other words, if you were evil, you're not evil no more. If you were stealing, you don't steal no more. And you have all these things, so you're repenting. Because John said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's all he says, repent. He doesn't say be filled. Just repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. So people come to John's baptism in every church, and they repent. Paul says, but what about the power? We don't even know about the power. Matthew 3.11 reads like this, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So these are not something that that, that are are, are non-essential. These are essentials but are neglected because the enemy knows, oh, he can handle an educated Christian, fine. He can manipulate because the the most educated uh, being other than God on the Scriptures is the devil himself. He knows the Scriptures. So he knows how to twist it and have a debate with you. In fact, he's so good, he'll have you have a debate with somebody else just to occupy yourself. That's how good he is. Ah, but when a person comes with the power of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to say a word. When you're under the anointing of God, you don't have to have a dialogue. When you walk into the room, that punk has to leave. Simple. Simple. And that's what Paul is talking about. Don't you, have this, don't you know about this? No, oh, I don't know about that one. See, John's baptism bound its subjects to repentance. Think about that. So, uh, in other words, all you're doing is repenting. You're always under condemnation. Because, listen, if you're honest with yourself, every one of us needs to repent every day, about 20 times a day, wow. until we go to sleep. And then some of your dreams, you got to repent in your dream, you filthy guys. I don't know, you know what I mean? You can't, you're, you're having a dream, you got to repent. Wake up, oh, I got to repent. Right? That's all it did. It bound us to repentance. So, you're always negative, you're always feeling guilty. See, but Jesus, but the power of the Holy Ghost pulls us beyond uh, repentance and walks us into faith. Jesus understands that we have problems. Jesus understands that we need help. So he doesn't let, want us to be trapped in, the, in that stuff. He said, okay, I understand that, but here's the power of the Holy Ghost. because I'm going to take it to a position of faith. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, John's baptism was accompanied with confession and was an act of obedience to the call to renounce all sin and to believe in the coming Redeemer from sin. That's cool. Matthew 3, 5, and 6 reads, People went out to him from Jerusalem all Judea, and all the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan. See, many believers do this very thing. Churches oblige them by, what do we do? We set up a baptismal, right? We have a baptism service. We come up here and we we dunk them in water. We have them testify. And that's cool. But that's only a, a representation of what should really be taking place. See, that's good. But if that's all you do, then you've never opened yourself to the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost is a whole different level. A whole different response. So, this type of Christianity, if all you do is get dunked and that's it, it's lacking in their upbringing. Very, very condemning in their theology. Very restrictive in their life. See, we have to be different. What happened, and I say this, well, what happened when you believed? So, I, I don't know everybody else's walk, but when I believed, I had a very heavy experience. I had, I had an experience of the Holy Ghost coming into my room, literally, and I wasn't even saved yet. I didn't confess Jesus. I didn't know anything about Jesus. Oh, I did know a little bit. I knew, because, you know, I was kicked out of the Catholic church in the second grade, so I know a little bit about God. That's about it. But at 19, I told my wife when I met her that I did not believe in God. There was no such thing as a God, and if there was a God, he can go somewhere. I can't even say it in, 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 across the pulpit. That's what I considered God to be. So when, when I finally met the Holy Spirit and he came in, he slapped all the punk out of me. I said, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is different. This is, this is, this is a lot different than I knew. What is all this? What, I thought it was like, you know, hamana, hamana, hamana. What's, what's, what's all this? It's the whole, I had no understanding to my mind. All I know that an entity greater than me entered into my bedroom and he called me to fall on my face and say, okay, I give. I didn't say I repent. I didn't know what repentance meant. I just said, man, don't beat me up. I knew what that meant. Right? I said, whoa. I go, if this is you, God, I'm sorry, man. I know I said a lot of stuff about you. I was talking neck. I said, you didn't believe. You didn't exist. I'm sorry, dude, man. If this is you, God, I'm looking around. I'll do anything you want me to do. See, that, 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 that is not written down in Scripture. I had dialogues with professors, doctors, PhDs who've been studying Scripture, and they go, "Come up with all those theology." I go, "That sounds good, but let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you the God I met when I was in my bedroom room. It jumped into my truck when I was driving my truck. Let me tell you about the God I met. Find that in your Scripture and your academic study." They said, "Well, well." Reverend Loma, that, 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 that's unexplainable. That's why it's unexplainable. So you're limited by your understanding. I'm not limited by my understanding. I understand there's a being that created the heaven and the earth. Do you think I can understand how he built that? Were you there when he formed the mountains with the scratch of his pinky finger? Were you there when he cut the river down the, the middle of the United States? Were we there? And some man will to have the audacity to think he can figure them out by studying the Bible. Can't figure them out. How can you put God in such a little box? So what happened when you believed? Huh? What happened when I got slain? I remember the first time I got slain. I watched him. I, was talking, I had an ordinary anything. I seen this guy, in, a guy, come in. You guys, a power of the Holy Ghost coming in, laying hands on people, people. falling down. I go, oh, wait a minute. I go, no, that dude touched me. He ain't knocking me down. Mm-mm. I dare you, Jack. I'm ready to fight him. Come on, dude. Knock me down. So I never fell down in church. The, the Holy Ghost did a Holy Ghost setup. He got me all relaxed. I went down. Uh, Ed, i um, uh Yeah, Jack Lopez. Jack Lopez and Annie. I was relaxed. I was cool. Hey, it's Jack. I know Jack. Group in my neighborhood. I lived on Tenth Street. I know Jack. A guitar, Mexican music. Well, I know Jack. He's cool. So I went down to Jack's house, sitting there, and they're having a Bible study. And so, okay, Jack gets up, and he goes, "We're gonna pray." I thought, "Cool. I'm, I'm going with Jack. Jack can pray." And yeah, let me pray for you. Yeah, come on, Jack. You can pray for me. You good? So he's praying for me. More, and I'm just like just praying, have my eyes closed, getting prayer right. And uh, when I I'm like this, and when I open my eyes, I was laying on the ground. I didn't even know I fell. When I opened my eyes, I just, and I, I looked around. I go, what the heck? Am I? And I, ju- I literally jumped up. <sighs> whoa. I go, hey. I looked around. I go, whoa. And I looked at Jack. Man, I thought you were my homeboy. I'm, I'm tripping. I told my wife, that dude, he put something in my coffee. Cause, why? Because I, I, I fell on the floor in front of everybody. The guy embarrassed me. I'm going to get, I'm going to to every release. I'm going to embarrass him. That guy, Jack, my homeboy embarrassed me. I'm laying on the, floor, on the floor in his living room. What were people thinking? I'm gonna, I am was so proud, I was all mad. Right? And then Jack goes, Loma, they all call me Loma, Loma. You okay? I go, no, bro. what What what'd you do, man? He goes, no, no, no. That's the, of the That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That was God moving in your life. God's touching you. I go, Okay. I, I look at my wife, I go, let's get out of here. I don't know, man, I was like really tripping. But these are the experiences begin to tell me it's more than scripture. Oh, we need scripture. Understand, because the kids are getting offline. But do you think you can box God in a book? You kidding me? That's what. That's how. That's how these professors and believe me, I'm still going for my doctor. I, I got. That's why I got to travel overseas. They think they can box God. I go. You guys, and I tell. I had a discussion with my my, my professor. I go. You guys have the audacity to think you can figure out God and write a book about it? Are you kidding me? That's why the Holy Spirit always leaves a certain area because men think they can figure God out. Hmm. It's what happened when you believe? I had three major. Encounter with the Holy Spirit, three major. I had a couple of minor, but the major ones when, when God came into my room three times in my, in my walk. And because of that, I'm here today. People say, How come you don't backslide? A lot of you can theology, all that, whatever. I know one thing, I had an experience with God. If you really experience God, you can't backslide. If you're just coming to God because your wife's mad at you, you want to have a better relationship, you'll backslide. Because that's not going to keep you. If you're coming to God because you're afraid of the popo, you don't want to go to jail, you're a sissy and you'll backslide. If you're just coming to God because, oh, you're hurt, you're lonely, and you want to find a husband or wife, you will backslide. Because you have to come to God because you you here as a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. That's why you come to God. Not that he had to prove anything to us. You're coming to God because you know he will reward you if you seek him with all your heart with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Now you have something going on. So I had had encounters. See, the Holy Spirit comes. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, seven weeks after Jesus' resurrection, the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm in the skies above them. And it filled the house where they were meeting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Tongues of fire. Imagine the picture. Now this is, remember, this is a medical doctor. This is not, not just somebody writing. This is a guy who was study, went to the University of Jerusalem, who understood medicine, who understood facts, who understood research, and said, something happened. Flames of fire, like tongues, fell on people seven weeks after. The number seven is a very important sign of, of God's creative power. Creation was assigned seven days. <clears throat> the recreation of mankind was assigned seven times seven days. And see, those seven represent or signifies tremendous power being allotted to the believer. On the seventh day, on the very seventh day where I created the heavens and the earth, I'm going to bring another creation into you. That's why we're called a new creation. You have one creation where God created the heavens and the earth, and that was cool. But when God creates you, that's even better. But it's the same power. It's the same move. Suddenly. God always moves suddenly. Suddenly. A touch from heaven. Jesus came and set me free. Suddenly. That's how he moves. He doesn't move like, you know, people say... Wait, dude, you shouldn't go like that. Oh, God doesn't deal with me yet. That's because you don't know the Holy Ghost. You, no, I'm serious. The has, it's not that he doesn't deal with you. It's just you are rejecting him. Because God doesn't just come in like little itty bitty teeny-weeny, yellow, polka-dot bikini. He don't come in like that. When God comes in, he comes in. Boom suddenly he doesn't move little by little. No, when he comes into your life, he comes into your life. If he doesn't come into your life fully, because you don't want him there, and because he's a gentleman, he'll back off. Okay, I I tried to help you. See, I was fortunate enough to say, okay, man, if that's you, I'm God. I'll take it all. I'll take it. Give it all to me. I didn't hold nothing back. Nothing. Everything. I gave it all up. The moment God came into life, I gave Everything up, business, career. I own properties. I sold houses. I liquidated everything I had. Why? Because I'm gonna give it all up. If this is the creator in heaven and earth, it's a no-brainer to me. You're the creator of heaven and earth. This is just money. I come here. I come, dude. Hmm? That's how you do it. He comes suddenly. His miracles come when you least expect it. It comes I would say, in no seconds flat. You guys ever use that phrase when you are growing up? And when I was a kid, that's how we used to do it when I was a kid. You know, I was pretty good at sports, right? I was pretty fast. I used a race, we always talk neck, right? I'll beat you. And then they'll talk all this. Other. I go, you know what, dude? I'll beat you in no seconds flat. That's how fast I am. Boom, boom. Hey, I'm back already. Right? No seconds flat. That's how God comes. Boom. No seconds flat. It's like you think you're going to fall off a cliff? Boom, he's there. I've been here all along. Cause I'm God. I come here no second sight. He comes in quick, suddenly. Huh? It's a sound filled the house. Can you imagine that? They were in the room, the upper room, and it's a sound beginning to fill the house. It's shaking the house. I believe it was the voice of God, the same voice that said, let there be light. That same voice is that God spoke. It was a sound, a sound. The same voice that said, let us make man in our image. It was a sound came into the room. That fire that John the Baptist prophesied began to settle on them. He said, oh, I'm, you're going to have repentance. That's cool. That's how you start off. But there comes some, something greater. So, someone greater that I can't even take off this, my, my, my sandals. sandals. Where did they touch their sandals? It's way greater than what I'm doing. I'm, I'm giving you um, some, 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 some water. But there's someone greater. And he's going to baptize you, speaking of Jesus, he's going to baptize you in what? In fire and the Holy Spirit. So what did Jesus say? Look, I can't stay here no more. I've been here for 33 years, and, and while I'm here, I'm the only one who can teach you. And even though Jesus was a pretty bad dude, could you imagine him trying to teach all of us? He couldn't do it. He had run be, be running around in circles. He goes, so, so I got a plan. I'm going to split I'm gonna send somebody like me. Another like me. And he will teach you all things. He will lead you to all things. Why? Because the Holy Spirit could be everywhere. He could be there, 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 there. At the same time. The power of the Holy Spirit. It's there. It's for us. Hmm? So there, that word settled. It says the, the Holy Spirit settled. It comes from a word, it means to seat down to a point, to hover. I like that. It says the Bible came into the upper room and hovered. Whew. See, God, the Holy Spirit doesn't have to jump into you to get into you. He's so powerful, all he got to do is get near you. It was like Moses. Can I see you? He goes, no, 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 you can't see me. He goes, no man has seen me and lived. But what I'll do, I'm going to put you behind this rock, and you'll just catch the glory, right? And the glory was so great that when Moses came down from the mountain, they had to put a veil, not because he was afraid of how he looked, because the glory was so great that if the people saw his face, they would fall out. So he had to hide the glory from the people, because the people couldn't handle it. The glory... And listen, church, we have not experienced that here. See, in the upper room they got it. You know why? Because they were all in one accord. Their, their, their values became Jesus' values. I'm talking about leadership now. Their values. So they're all in one accord. See, in a, in a church like this, it's never that case. There's always a few that don't agree with me. And really those of you, we got, you, got, you got to find someone where you agree because you need to find someone where you value. That way when you're there you agree with them and the Holy Ghost will be able to come. But when you have that disagreement, either you got to just, you know, hey, i got to check out and go somewhere else. Praise the Lord. I hope you change, but if you don't, it's okay. I'm not mad at you. But you have to agree with my values if we're going to move in the power of the Holy Ghost. If you, if you don't, we can't help you here. We're Victory Outreach this is how we do it this is who we are and this is the way it's gonna be why because we've been doing this a long time i've been under great men of god nikki is my dad i get proper instruction this is what we do uh, and remember god is the same yesterday today and forever let me say that again he doesn't change he's not like us he don't change his mind he's the same Galatians 1, 2, and I'm going to end with this. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Notice that. I said hovering. Just like Acts, when he said, go to that room, that upper room, stay there, and not too many days you're going to be back to the fire. But it says before that that he came in, and the Holy Spirit hovered. (laughs) God's the same. Here it says the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering. Hovering. Turn to Deuteronomy 424, 524. Deuteronomy 524. And you said Deuteronomy 5.24, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his majesty. And we have heard his voice from the fire. Today we have seen that a man can live even if God speaks with him. But now why should we die? This great fire will consume us. And if we die, if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer... For what mortal man has ever heard the voice of the living God speaking out of fire as we haven't survived? Go near and listen to all that the Lord God says. Then tell us whatever the Lord our God tells you, we will listen and obey. Now what's happening? Moses was going to the mountain, was getting ready to go to the mountain, and all the Israelites came out of their tent Right. And God began to speak to Moses and the people were at their tent. And they witnessed all this stuff. They go, whoa, God is speaking in fire. So now they say, well, "Yo, wait a minute, Moses. Why don't you go find out what God has for us? Come and let us know and tell us what he said, because we don't want to go up there. Because we might die. You come back and tell us. And then when you come back and tell us, we'll listen and obey. So, the way God hovered over the formless void, God hovered over the first church, and He will also do the same to you. Oh, you think you don't believe, you're having trouble, don't worry about it, dude. God will hover over you. If He can form the earth out of nothing, He can surely change you. That's how He hovers the consuming voice of God, the fire that caused the men of old to tremble, now is here for you. See, now, this is one of the reasons why people say, well, wait a minute, man. It's time for me to check out. Let me go see if I can go help the ushers in the the foyer because I don't want this to get too heavy for me now. Huh? Because this is beyond our comprehension. Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterances. Acts 19.4 reads like this. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hand upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. I want everybody and everybody close. As heaven is about to close, the Holy Spirit moving and ministering in your heart.